Hey everybody, what's going on? James Hill here, and welcome back to episode 3 of the Talkin' Bucks podcast, talking about all things Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Very happy to have you guys here in this episode 3 today. Again, I am your host, James Hill, and yeah, we actually have a lot of topics that I want to cover in this podcast episode today, episode three, yet again, of the Talkin' Bucks podcast. Some of those topics include Alimar Pet retiring. That's some very, very huge news that we are going to get into. It's a little bit old now. I believe Alimar Pet retired about a week ago, but we are still going to talk about it in this podcast episode today. We are also going to be talking about the potential re-signings of players like Ryan Jensen, Alex Kappa, Chris Godwin, and Carlton Davis. So it's a little bit of a free agency preview, if you will, right? Because this is being recorded on March 6th. Free agency, I believe, starts on at least March 14th. I believe that is when the tampering period starts, but I know for sure it starts on March 16th, the official start of free agency. And the Buccaneers still have a lot of things to get done here in the next, geez, I don't know, eight to 10 days before the start of free agency. So it's going to be some very, very interesting stuff that will be going on. We also have the franchise tag deadline that is coming up on this upcoming Tuesday. And that's going to be a big question mark that we're going to be talking about in this episode as well, because it does pertain to the re-signing of a guy like Chris Godwin, or maybe the re-signing of a guy like Carlton Davis. But You know, as I said, we will save that for later on in the episode. Let's go ahead and start with the first topic on hand, which is the retirement of Buccaneers star. And I mean that in the most literal sense of the word, right? Star left guard for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Ali Marpet. He has retired. Folks, he's done. It's not like he's just done with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I saw some people uh, become a little bit confused about what the heck was going on in that type of situation. No, it's not just Ali Marpet is done with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and he wants to go play for another team. Nothing along those lines. Marpet's fully done playing in the NFL. He has had enough. He's hanging him up. He's saying, I'm satisfied with where I am at in my career and I'm going to go pursue other opportunities, which shocked a lot of people. I believe Bruce Arians had said very shortly after the retirement had officially happened that he wasn't shocked, but he was a little surprised. And reports had come out that this had been something that had been on Marpet's mind for basically a year, essentially, ever since the Buccaneers had won the Super Bowl. Marpet had been thinking about the possibility of retirement, and then he went ahead and finalized that decision. So, I understand that there's going to be a lot of people that are very shocked, maybe even some people who might be upset with Ali Marpet and why he is retiring. And I will say this, when I saw the news that I that Ali Marpet was retiring, I was shocked. I remember I was uh, actually in a group chat with some friends of mine and one of them had sent the tweet or sent the news that Ali Marpet was retiring from the league. And I remember that I responded in all caps saying what in all caps with question marks and exclamation points and all these other different types of things, because yeah, it is pretty shocking. I think to the average person, I mean, Ali Marpet, you look at him right now. He was at the top of his game. One of the best offensive linemen 
in the entire NFL, still only 28 years old. Folks, Alan Marpet could have been playing for another six years, and I really don't think people would have been very surprised at all. But instead, Marpet, you know, I, I believe the reports were saying, I believe by Jenna Lane, among other people, that Marpet was retiring for overall health. That isn't to say that he was injured or anything along those lines. It's more just a case of, hey, I'm going to walk out on my own terms. I'm happy. I'm healthy. And you know what? I've accomplished enough. I believe a report came out saying that Marpet had made around $30 million in his career. And, of course, he got a Super Bowl ring with the Buccaneers back in the 2020 season. So, I mean, hey, for a normal guy, I mean, shoot, if I got $30 million and you gave me a Super Bowl ring, I'd be pretty content with how my NFL career would be as well. So, you know, hey, more power to a guy like Ali Marpet, right? He goes out on his own terms. He's relatively healthy. Of course, he was in the NFL for seven years. There's still going to be some toll taken on the body, but Marpet got a Super Bowl ring. He got paid, and he's healthy. And I think that you can't be too mad at the guy, right? Because ultimately, it is his decision, and I think that a lot of people can agree when saying, hey, you wish nothing but the best for Ali Marpet in whatever endeavors that he is going to do now in the future. He's still got his whole life ahead of him, for goodness sakes. And... He, I believe, has come out and said that he's going to do more in the Tampa Bay community, which that's just awesome. That That is just a very, very cool thing to see and have in the Tampa Bay community. So, yeah, I just want to say here on the podcast episode, thank you to Ali Marpet for everything that you did for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. You contributed to a Super Bowl win back in that 2020 season, and your contributions will not be forgotten. Go enjoy your post-retirement life, sir. Uh, wish you nothing but the best. But now, with the retirement of Ali Marpet, in terms of a business standpoint, in terms of a team perspective, what the heck did the Tampa Bay Buccaneers do? And this is going to bleed a little bit into our next topic, talking about the re-signing, potential re-signing, I guess I should say, of Ryan Jensen and slash or Alex Kappa, because the entirety of your interior offensive line is now a question mark, Right. Donovan Smith, I believe he is still under contract for one more year. Tristan Wirfs, I believe, still has two more years plus a fifth-year option on his contract. But Ryan Jensen, he has an expiring contract. Alex Kappa, he has an expiring contract. Ali Marpet, he just retired. So you have three massive question marks on the interior of your offensive line now that you have got to fill. At least in the case of Ryan Jensen and Alex Kappa, center and right guard positions respectively, at least you have the option to bring them back, right? That's not an option right now for Ali Marpet in the left guard position. The Buccaneers will have a new starting left guard guaranteed come the next regular season here for the Bucs in the upcoming 2022 regular season. That is just guaranteed. That is just a fact. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers need to find a new left guard. What does that mean? Well, you know, maybe if they re-sign a guy like Alex Kappa, maybe they move a guy like Aaron Stinney over to left guard. That's a possibility. Maybe they bring in a mid-tier veteran type guy, just a solid, capable type starter in free agency who can be your starting left guard. And also, hey, I think that this definitely opens up the opportunity to draft a guard in the first round of the NFL draft, especially if you aren't able to bring back a guy like Kappa and you also have Ali Marpet retiring. I think for sure that opens up that possibility. I think even if you do bring back a guy like Kappa 
or Ryan Jensen. I think that drafting a guard in the first round is 100% not out of the question right now. So the Buccaneers are going to have to address that left guard situation now. There will be a new starting left guard in Tampa Bay come next season. But we'll have to wait and see what the Tampa Bay Buccaneers do. I think that that is a situation where 100% all options are on the table, be it in free agency, maybe even be it a trade, or even going into the NFL draft. We'll just have to wait and see what the Buccaneers do. But speaking of interior offensive line, I talked about both these guys just a moment ago. You know, Ryan Jensen and Alex Kappa, what the heck are the Tampa Bay Buccaneers going to do with these two guys? Uh, first, starting with Kappa, I guess I should say, it is being reported that he might make around 8 to $9 million in free agency. There are going to be a lot of offensive line hungry teams who are going to be vying for the services of Alex Kappa. One team just played in the Super Bowl, the Cincinnati Bengals. They've been linked to Alex Kappa a ton. I follow a lot of people who cover and talk about the New York Jets. They really want Alex Kappa on the Jets. So I think that if Kappa does hit free agency, which it seems like at this point all reports are indicating that he will hit free agency, he will have a very, very healthy market. And if I'm going to be honest, I think between Ryan Jensen and Alex Kappa, which one is more likely to be lost to another team in free agency? I think Kappa is much more likely to be lost in free agency than Ryan Jensen. Whenever you look at the situation, the Buccaneers, they do like Alex Kappa. There's no doubt about that. I know there's a lot of Bucks fans who like Alex Kappa, but... They've essentially already got his replacement on the roster in Aaron Stinney, who I believe right now is a restricted free agent. He can get brought back on a very, very cheap deal for the Bucks. It seems like the way things are trending right now, and I have no inside information on this, nothing of the sort, but it definitely seems like what is trending right now is that Alex Kappa is going to leave in free agency. Aaron Stinney is going to be your starting right guard come next season. Could things change? Could momentum swing in a different direction and the Buccaneers ultimately end up re-signing a guy like Alex Kappa? Sure, that's a definite possibility. I'm just going based off of what I am seeing the trends right now that are being reported. And, you know, it definitely seems like a guy like Alex Kappa might end up joining another team this offseason. But we'll have to wait and see. The Buccaneers are fortunate to have a guy like Aaron Stinney there who could potentially slot into that starting right guard role if Kappa is gone. I don't think it would be a big drop-off in overall play. In fact, I think Stinney and Kappa play relatively similar in terms of their overall ability. So, Again, the Buccaneers are very fortunate to have a guy like Stinney there who will more likely than not, I'll say, a slot into that starting right guard role there in the future as soon as this upcoming season. But now in the case of Ryan Jensen, this is one where things get tricky, right? It's being reported that Jensen possibly will command as much as $13 million a year on whatever potential deal he gets, be it from the Bucks or be it in free agency. The Cincinnati Bengals are a team that have been heavily, heavily rumored to pursue a guy like Ryan Jensen. But while I do believe there will be heavy interest from other teams in free agency for the services of Ryan Jensen, much like what I just said in the case of Alex Kappa, I'm going to be honest with you folks, I think Ryan Jensen returns to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I've talked about this on other platforms before that I feel in terms of 
priorities of players who need to be brought back to the team. I definitely think Chris Godwin is number one. Carlton Davis is number two. And then Ryan Jensen's probably at number three, simply because of the fact of whoever you have under quarter or under center, I guess I should say under quarterback, whichever quarterback you have under center is going to need a capable veteran center like Ryan Jensen. I mean, Ryan Jensen has been getting progressively better every single year he has played in the NFL with the Bucs, I guess I should say, right? He came to the Bucs and he was a good center, right? The Buccaneers signed him on a $10 million per year deal. It was a four-year deal. Everybody was happy. Jensen was playing good. That was the first two years. Then, when Tom Brady came to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Jensen's play elevated to a top five center in the league. Hands down, no question about it. Jensen's been phenomenal ever since Tom Brady came to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Time and time again, he has shown grit. He has shown ability. He has been really, really good. And center is such an important position in an NFL offense. They're the guy who relays the commands to the offensive line in terms of blocking directions and all these other other different types of things that I can't even properly describe. Center is very important. Having a good chemistry with your quarterback is very important. There's a lot of things that centers do that definitely make them one of the more important positions in an offense. I would say top five in terms of important positions on an offense is a center. And typically what you see is when teams get a top center, even when they're, you know, long-term older veterans. Ryan Jensen's not even that old. I believe he's 32 years old. But when you get a top center, very rarely do you see them leaving to go to other teams. And if they do, you know, these centers aren't signing one to two-year deals, nothing along those lines. They're signing long deals, folks. They're signing four-year, five-year deals. And I think that any potential contract that Jensen does get will be a four to five year deal, probably a four year deal, let's say. And I think he will get good money. I think he'll probably get around the $13 million that's been rumored. And I think the Buccaneers will be a team that pays it. I ultimately do. I think that Jensen is an incredibly, incredibly important piece to this Buccaneers offensive line. If you're going to have two new starting guards, Aaron Stinney is technically not new, but if you're going to have Aaron Stinney as your starting right guard, you're going to have a brand new starting left guard, you're going to need a captain, a guy in the middle like Ryan Jensen to direct traffic and overall settle things down for the offensive line help that connection between the O-line and the quarterback, whoever the quarterback is. If it's Blaine Gabbard, Kyle Trask, a new quarterback like a Teddy Bridgewater, whatever the case may be, you need a solid, capable center who is going to help the offense run as efficiently as possible. I think that guy will be Ryan Jensen for the Bucks. I think they will re-sign him, giving him a very nice, lengthy payday that will make him be one of the top, if not the top, paid center in the entire NFL. But now we've got, you know, a few of these offensive re-signings and offensive line positions out of the way. I want to talk about a wide receiver that has a contract coming up right now, right? That is Chris Godwin. And I'm going to finish this podcast on this note and the Carlton Davis note in a moment. But 
you know, Chris Godwin. What the heck's going on with Chris Godwin? He tore his ACL very late in the season after a game versus the Saints. A lot of people are bouncing the idea back and forth of, is it even worth re-signing Chris Godwin? There's talk that he wants around $18.5 million a year on a potential long-term deal. Folks, let me say this. I would be absolutely shocked. I mean, jaw dropped to the floor if the Tampa Bay Buccaneers did not re-sign Chris Godwin. Every single thing that we have heard reported, heck, even coming out of the mouths of Bruce Arians and Jason Light themselves, every single thing is indicating that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers will give Chris Godwin the money that he is owed and re-sign him to a long-term contract. That's what everybody wants, right? And understandably so, because Chris Godwin, when he is healthy, he's one of the best receivers in the game, folks. The Buccaneers have a need at the wide receiver position. I don't think people understand how much of a dire situation it would be if Chris Godwin were to leave the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I do understand you have Mike Evans. Mike Evans, top five wide receiver in this league. Wherever you want to put him on your wide receiver rankings, he is a top wide receiver in this league. After that, you have a lot of question marks. You know, Tyler Johnson didn't perform that well this past season. Jalen Darden, similar thing. Scotty Miller, similar thing. Brashad Perriman, he has an expiring contract. Antonio Brown, he's long gone. He's not coming back either. Cyril Grayson, I believe even he has an expiring contract. The point being... After Chris Godwin and Mike Evans, there is not a lot of meat on the bone in terms of wide receiver depth. And I think a lot of people were overall disappointed with how the wide receiver depth performed last season. I think the Buccaneers included. This unit on paper looked a lot better than they actually performed, which again leads me back to my point saying that, yeah, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers without Chris Godwin they would need to find a very, very capable replacement. I mean, Bruce Arians even said recently um, at the Combine, which, which we'll talk about the whole Combine in another podcast after this one, but Bruce Arians even said at the Combine that he's had two to three wide receivers in his entire career as a coach like Chris Godwin. He's not going anywhere, folks. He's going to get the long-term deal. He's going to get the money that he's owed, regardless of the ACL injury, regardless of whatever you think about Chris Godwin. He's not going anywhere. He's going to be here to stay. Pair him up with Mike Evans. Get a solid, capable number three wide receiver, whoever that may be, in free agency, in the draft. A lot of people say the Bucs might take a wide receiver in the first round. We don't know, but the Buccaneers... I think at the very, very least, come this upcoming season, are going to have Mike Evans and they're going to have Chris Godwin for whoever their quarterback is. Chris Godwin, he's going to recover from that ACL injury. I do firmly believe he will come back and still be one of the best wide receivers in the league, and he will get a long-term deal from the Bucks. Finally, last person I want to talk about here is Carlton Davis. And this is the one where it gets interesting, right? The franchise tag deadline, as I said, is this upcoming Tuesday. I think this is where you see Carlton Davis's contract heading, at least for next year. I think a franchise tag is very much in the future of Carlton Davis. I think that when you look at Carlton Davis, fantastic corner, big Physical, as I said, you know, besides Chris Godwin, Carlton Davis is probably second on the re-signing priority list for the Bucks. 
The problem is injury concerns. You know, again, Bruce Arians said at the Combine, you know, once he plays 16 games, that's the big thing because when he's healthy, he's fantastic. And it's hard to disagree with that. When Carlton Davis is on, when Carlton Davis is healthy, he is one of the best corners in the league. The problem is overall health. There has not been a season yet where Carlton Davis has played a full 16 games for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, or I guess in you know the updated standards and whatnot, 17 games for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. That has got to change, and you will take a risk. Obviously, Carlton Davis still might miss a couple of games here or there, but I think ultimately the reward is well worth the risk. Because when Carlton Davis is there, when Carlton Davis is healthy, he is a true lockdown number one corner. Big, physical, great in man-to-man, perfect for a Todd Bowles-style defense, by the way. He gives you everything that you want to see in a top-tier number one cornerback. However, again, much like what has been the case with the last two guys I talked about, there's going to want to be top-tier money there right? Carlton Davis, he wants a lot of money, $18 million, $16 million, whatever it may be. Again, I I don't know the exact details. I don't have any insider info, nothing along those lines. This is purely based on what I've been seeing reported and whatnot, but Carlton Davis wants top cornerback money. Again, makes sense. He is a top tier cornerback. With the franchise tag, and I do think the Buccaneers do want to re-sign Carlton Davis on a long-term deal, but with the franchise tag, you actually save a little bit of money as to what you would be paying Carlton Davis. I believe the franchise tag is somewhere around 13 to $14 million. That's about 4 to $5 million in savings and whatnot for a guy like Carlton Davis. And it gives you a year. It, it gives you a year to go in and go in and negotiate a long-term deal eventually for a guy like Carlton Davis, right? On the franchise tag, it gives you a chance to work out a long-term deal, make the money work eventually, and keep your number one cornerback for many, many years to come. So in terms of guys who may be re-signing here, folks, in terms of the four guys we talked about, four of the top guys going into the upcoming offseason, I think that Jensen, he will come back. Godwin, he will come back. Carlton Davis, he will come back. Alex Kappa, I don't think he's going to come back. And we'll talk about other guys later on down the line, guys like Rob Gronkowski, some of these other guys that are pending free agents for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But, you know, we, we'll get to that in another podcast episode. I think we covered a lot of good stuff in this one, right? We covered the Marpet retirement. We covered the potential re-signings of a lot of different players. And overall, I'm very happy with what we we were able to cover here. Let me know your guys' thoughts. What do you think about all these re-signings? What do you think about the Ali Marpet retirement? Give me your guys' thoughts and opinions down in the reviews below, if you will. Uh, thank you guys so much for listening to this podcast. Hope you all enjoyed, and I will see you all in the next podcast episode. But until then, and as always, guys, thank you again so much. Goodbye for now, and go Bucks.